Hey everyone, this is Zach at FF Chalupa Batman. This is the Triple Play Fantasy Beyond the Analyst interview series. Today, we're going to international again. I'm joined by Adam Murph at AKA Murph. He is the co-creator of Five Yard Rush, featured writer for Fantasy Pros, and the creator of the FFCC tournament. How's it going, Murph? Uh, it's a pleasure to be here. You've had some uh, some great people on, and uh, I'm here to sort of lower the bar a little bit, so... <laughs> I've been a bit intimidated, but no, no, it's, uh, yeah, I think things are great over here at this side of the pond and, uh, yeah, lucky, lucky to be here. Awesome. Glad to have you on. For those of you who haven't tuned into the first, uh, I think this is episode 17, so we'll call it 16 episodes. Uh, we're not talking fantasy takes. Plenty of time for that. We're in the off season. We're trying to have some fun getting into Murph here. Uh, so we'll kick it off with a, with an easy one. How long have you been playing fantasy football? It's a good question. This is going to be my 22nd year playing fantasy football, believe it or not. So I got into it um, in the year 2000. I was moving, I moved over to Florida, through to Orlando, um, and went to high school. And um, I got rung in on my, in my first year. And I could literally be in the country, must be about eight weeks, 10 weeks, wasn't long, um, enrolled in school and uh, got rung in. It's like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Cause, cause I was easy, easy money, right? Um, got hammered. Um, <laughs> I didn't know who I was picking. I, be, I remember going to Barnes and Noble and like picking up one of the landy guides or something like that, and just picking names. I was like, "This none of this makes sense." I don't, I, I'd watch games. We have uh, we've had coverage over here since the 1980s in the UK, so I had seen games. I was aware of like the Miami Dolphins and the 49ers and the Denver Broncos and the Chicago Bears. They were kind of the four teams that you kind of would see more often or, or not. And then obviously I started watching the games because I was playing fantasy. I came last year one, surprise or not, but I did come back year two and, and won it and uh, became a big Buccaneers fan as a result. No, that's awesome. Man. I feel like it was, they were just setting you up to lose. Um, but, <laughs> 100%. But, it, but I had but to get my back. Itch. Yeah. Hey, <laughs> you won it the next year. So clearly you learned something. Uh, Priest Holmes and the Damien Tomlinson, man. They went off in 2001. I tell you, that was a oh. season. I literally had both of those boys and just put my feet up and then cheers. I think it was, I think I went, must have gone like 14 and two or 15 and one. It was a big, it was a big season. I just oh, there you go. By the way, okay, don't invite him back again because he learned too much. Like, <laughs> <laughs> quickly. That's awesome. And do you have a preferred like format or scoring? Do you know what? I love, and anyone that knows me, I create really crazy leagues. So I, I, I try and aim every year to run a few leagues that are just completely different to every other league. Um, so last year it came up with like, uh, every person sets a rule in the league and that could affect scoring or draft. And then it becomes, it's, I call it the rules mania league. And then basically each person, so you do a draft, one's a rules draft. And then the second one, and you can't counteract someone else's rule. So someone could bring in like, 10 points per field goal and you can't have a score like your, your rule counter that like that would be it um, so those are crazy because they just require so much like custom work um, and I love stuff like that um, but I guess my favorite if we're going like traditional traditional would be like a super flex type uh, tight end premium because that brings all of the positions into play um, so something like that where it's like a one point premium tight end premium with a super flex with a inflated um in uh, interceptions and pick six scores like they're the sorts of things i i really enjoy because then that they make the most interesting drafts because there's more pivot points as to where you can go as opposed to going down that route of well okay we're going to do 
one point PPR redrafting, you know that the first six rounds are going to be, or four rounds, five rounds are going to be predominantly running backs and wide receivers with a handful of quarterbacks and a handful of, and not even a handful of tight ends. So makes it more interesting because you've got many different ways to, to victory. So that would be it for me. Absolutely. I mean, that's why I think we all love the Scott Fishbowl scoring system um, <laughs> yeah. because you can come up with pretty much any strategy you want and it could work amazingly or it could completely flame out and you won't really know <laughs> until we get into the season. Uh, and that's the point of it, right? I, you want to be challenged, especially if you're going to play in as many leagues as probably you and I do. You want to have a few leagues that are just like crazy because otherwise you get into this sort of draft fatigue right and you get to your home leagues because they're always your last leagues to draft and you've been drafting since june and you're just like well, in my case with best balls probably drafting since march and you're just like you're not even looking at the draft board you're just kind of just on autopilot and you're not even really thinking you just go and that, you know people ask how can you as a quote-unquote analyst or professional wherever you want to say not when you're home league every year. Well, one, there's always the element of luck. But two is because by the time you've drafted, you've already done like 80 drafts. And you're just like, you just don't care anymore. <laughs> like, you're just, on, you're just on autopilot. You're just like, yeah, okay, right, yeah, done, cheers, next one. Um, so, yeah, I think you want to do those random drafts. That's why I love to create challenging formats, challenging scoring um, that you just can't, you just can't get a cheat sheet for. You just have to just, you just have to pick a lane and stick to it. Absolutely. That's the beauty of fantasy football. If you want those, we'll call them, lack of a better term, vanilla leagues, very standard. They're still a lot of fun. And 100%. if you want to get really complex and complicated, I mean, you can make up whatever rules you want. And as long as everyone knows what's going on, I mean, that can be a lot of fun too. Yeah, what, 100%. And that, that's what it's about. It's literally, that's why fantasy football is great, because you can literally just create whatever you want. You can make it as weird and as wacky for the degenerates as possible. Or if you play your home league every year, you play that how you want to play it and you know nothing there's no right answer here it's just whatever whatever thrill you get exactly so what inspired you to become a fantasy football content creator that's a great question um i don't really know um no it sounds stupid but um for me it was just about talking with my mate every week like that was the big thing like i just me and my buddy would talk and we, we had like 20, 30 listeners and it wasn't really about anything. And then I just thought it'd be really cool to have like some guests on. So we started inviting like Marcus Grant on and he says, yes. And I'm like, all right, <laughs> this is cool. And then we just start getting people on and I was like, okay, this is cool. And then we started thinking, well, let's write a book. <sighs> all right. So we'll write a couple of books. Um, and you know, the playbook's coming out. This is the third one that we're writing. That's coming out in about a month's time. Um, it just spiraled. It was almost a bit by accident. It just started with just talking and talking about what we love and just an opportunity to get away. And, you know, my mate and I, uh, Stocks, who, who's, he does the college pod now, but we did the fantasy pod in the beginning. You know, we both have uh, a son about the same age, about nine months apart. So it was an opportunity to kind of just bond over that and have a beer. And um, he actually built his, um, he took his mum's garage and built a studio out, which is incredible. And we used to just go over, I used to go straight from work over to his, have a beer, have some dinner. And we used to just sit in the sit in the office and sit in the studio for hours, record a couple of shows, and just have and that was the best time, man. I just those early days were just incredible. Cause we might not have had the listeners we have now, and we might not have had the exposure and the opportunities to do the things that we do now. But man, it was just so much fun to sit with your buddy with a beer and just and just chat. And uh kind of miss those days a little bit i'll be honest with you like nowadays i've moved away a little bit for family reasons and 
Um, and he's off doing, he's more into college football now than fantasy. And I do miss those days a little bit. It's not saying I, I don't enjoy what I do now uh, and all the content I've created. And, you know, I've had some amazing opportunities to write for fantasy pros now who are just incredible. And uh, it, it kills me that they pay me the right stuff. <laughs> <laughs> like every day it's listen it's not enough to retire on or quit my day job but um just to get paid to do something you love it's just incredible and the people i get to meet that's the best that's really the only reason i keep doing this to be honest as much as it's great to write content and put all this out it's talking to people like you it's just making these connections it's doing shows like this this is this is why i i create content that someone comes back to me and says i really enjoyed your content and then we can have a chat about it and then they share their opinions and I learn something from them. And, you know, people don't realize this. I learn more from other people than they probably what they learn from me. I almost feel like a fraud at times because I'm just like listening and just taking in all this information. And even if I don't agree with it, I'm trying to work out why they've come to that route. And that's the best part. The fantasy football community is incredible, regardless of whether you create content, don't create content. And I saw a thread from someone today, actually, on Twitter. They were saying that you don't have to be a content creator to be good at fantasy football. And he's 100% right when he says that. Like, we create content because we just love creating content. Like, I create content. I've created thousands of pieces of content for free and never made a dime. It doesn't bother me. Um, I do it because I love it. But I do it to meet people. That's kind of the big thing. But that doesn't, the content doesn't make me any better at fantasy football. It just gives me a process to kind of just put stuff on paper and share that some of the best people I play with have never, ever written a piece of content or never done a podcast. Um, our, cha- our current champion, the champions winner, you know, he, uh, Martin, he, um, you know, he won the um, UK Fantasy Football League and he won the 5 at Rush Champion of the Champions. Never written anything, never done a podcast. So you tell him he's no good at fantasy football. I mean, he does go by the handle lucky fantasy guy, but <laughs> he's a heck of a player and there's a load more like that who um, – who are really good fantasy players who, who who don't create content. It doesn't doesn't hinder them from from doing anything. Maybe it's a bonus because then they've got the time. No, I mean I hundred percent agree. I I haven't really I've been creating content now for about a year. I haven't really changed my process from a fantasy football standpoint. I was doing the research before uh, because I had a passion for fantasy football and I want to win my leagues. Uh, now I just do the research and then put it in some sort of form, whether it's an article or a video, and I just share that with people to hopefully help them learn something and maybe help one person, but it didn't change me as a player. If anything, now we kind of at our disadvantage because the rest of my league can see what I'm thinking and what I'm doing and what my process is. And they can use that against me if they wanted to. Um, but it's okay. We're, we're having fun, but That's, yeah, it has nothing to do with whether you're being, being a creator doesn't mean that you have to be good and win your leagues. And it doesn't mean if you're not a creator that you're, you're going to be bad at your leagues either. No, the only difference is you probably have access to a bit more information. That's probably mm-hmm. about the only the only edge you have as an analyst is you you have access to probably more information, but that's it. But then that could also be more confusing because the more information you have might seem like a really good thing, and you can have a create you know a complete picture. It can also really cloud your thinking. <laughs> so you know, I don't I don't think there's you know much truth in you have to be an analyst to be great. Look at look at fans that win the Scott Fishbowl. Uh, you mm-hmm. know, it's happened a couple of times in the last few years um, where you know fans win the Scott Fishbowl. That's Absolutely. what happens. So, you know, it's it's why we love it, man. It's why we love it. <laughs> yep. No, you're over in England, so I think you're about a five-hour difference from, from East Coast time. That's right. So do you stay up to watch Thursday Night Football or Monday Night Football Live, or is that 
too late. It kind of depends. I don't. I definitely don't do both in the same week, um, unless something momentous is going on or I'm off work. Because um, I do have a day job. I also have a young son. Um, I will watch some. Um, sometimes I will. Um, the good thing is, is that the the Monday night football and the Thursday night football finish around five ish a.m. Give or take, whatever the stoppages are. So by the time I wake up, the game in 40 is on Game Pass. So I can just whack that straight on my device and watch the game. So I might not watch every game live, but I watch every game every season. Um, so, yeah, the, especially if the Bucks play, absolutely. I'll stay up as, as much as I can. But in some instances, it's it's not possible. So I have to, you know, if I've got a busy day at work or something's going on, the boy's not well, then... You know, I'll game pass it. Um, but I watch Red Zone uh, religiously. So I watch Red Zone all seven hours every week um, and get to bed late on a Sunday. And sometimes I'll stay up for Sunday night football too uh, and watch that. But yeah, the, the, those are games. Sometimes I'll, I'll game pass them. Um, and then what I do is I game pass Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday and watch every game. Awesome. So you, the time difference doesn't really create any challenge for you as a content creator since you're able to still watch all the games at some point. It's more the language aspect of it. Um, so the language aspect is obviously we spell words differently. Um, <laughs> so that can provide um, some challenges. And um, now, to be honest, there's some advantages to it. Um, so I've written like a waiver wire column every year. Um, and that tends to go out, you know, around about 11 in the morning, which is like four in the morning your time. So the only people that are beating me to waiver wire columns are the the serial degenerates like at Fantasy Pros, for example, who who are writing them during Sunday Night Football. Um, so there is an opportunity there for me to steal a march on everybody else. I can get a waiver wire podcast out to people and an article and column out before most American content creators have even thought about it on a Monday. So actually, I think there's some advantages the the real disadvantages not so much from a content creator perspective but from a a live play perspective is if on a sunday night football for example or thursday night football you get a late healthy scratch or a late scratch so if you're not up at like midnight and you've got someone in your lineup and then they go down or covid for example that's happened a few times um where covid has not been a covid contact or a covid positive has not been disclosed until an hour, 90 minutes before the game, that sucks. Because <laughs> you could go to bed thinking, well, it's it's Jets, I don't know, Jets-Jags on Thursday night football. Oh, I'm not staying up for Jets-Jags. It's fine. I'll game pass it in the morning. But you have, you know, like Eliza Mitchell when he goes down with COVID and you're just like, all right, cheers. Thanks for that. <laughs> and that's that's my spot gone. That's my wide receiver two spot gone for the week. So um that that's the bigger challenges for fantasy football is when those you and they don't happen too often. You know, they are pretty good at breaking this news, but yeah, a few times UK players in particular get stung with that. Fair enough. And then you created the FFCC tournament, which is going to its fourth year of the season. Can you tell everyone a bit about it? Yeah, so the FFCC stands for the Fantasy Football Challenge Cup. Um, and the reason why is um, Americans, and myself included, love brackets, right? Um, I love knockout competitions. So, you know, the great thing about a league format is you have a bad week, it doesn't matter, you lose a game, you can recover from that. 
in the FFCC, <laughs> you're a bad week, you're out pretty much. Um, it's so it basically it's 256 players and they form it's eight rounds. So, and they basically work out to be two game weeks per round. So it's a best ball format, super flex. You end up basically taking the best lineup from week one with the best lineup of week two, add the points together. You either beat your opponent or you don't. And it's very much a pros versus Joe's. Um, we've got some of the best analysts in this business. Uh, so Joe Dolan, um, Joe P. Sapir, Pat Fitzmorris, um, John Daigle, James Coe. Um, there's so many people. I feel really bad if I'm going to forget names now. Um, yourself, you're in it. Um, oh God, there's so many great people in, in this tournament who humor me to come and join in. Uh, uh, Justin Boone, uh, Bob Lung, Brian Drake, Jim Coventry. Um, yeah, there's, and more, loads more from all over the world. There's about 40 different countries represented. Uh, or it was last year. And what I love is that you can have just someone from like the UK or someone from the US just beat James Coe. Like James Coe had like, I think he had the worst uh, week one of all 256 players last season. So if he's watching, I'm sorry, James, for outing you like that. But, um, <laughs> but that's the great thing about it is because it's just a two week season, you got factor in your buys. It's a lot of strategy. You can't take too many buys in the week because you, you guarantee to be eliminated at some point you know do you go with the stacking approach and if they have a bad week <laughs> like if the chiefs don't turn up for a week that could be you out so you have to think about it. so many different strategies so um andy singleton uh won it last year expand the box score co-owner so he won it last year but uh, the year before was a guy called Vigard, who is just a, a random, not random guy. I mean, I know Vigard, but he's uh, just a really nice guy from Norway. Uh, he won it. So, you know, a Norwegian won the tournament before um, Americans. And then a good friend of mine, Jack Humphrey, won it year one. He's been playing fantasy football a lot of years and a uh, really great guy. He focuses more on, on DFS stuff now. So that's, you know, the random tournament is you could have a great week and, and beat one of the best in the business. You can have a terrible week and be one of the best in the business and go out and survive. It's a bit like the World Series of Poker. That's kind of how I envision it is I don't expect the best fantasy player in the universe to win it every year. I expect arguably the luckiest slash someone who's savvy and has worked out the format um, to do well. But it's a lot of fun. A lot of people just chat and get to know each other. And, you know, the best thing about the fantasy football industry is the very best of this industry are so generous with their time. And anything to raise money for charity, they're well on board for. And, you know, I've had the opportunity to draft with some amazing human beings who, who I'm lucky enough to consider friends. And I want to pass that experience on to others. So, you know, I think it's really cool that you could be someone who's played fantasy football for two years or one year, as I had with some people last year, and be in a draft with a James Coe, a, uh, a Joe Dolan, a Justin Boone, a, a Joe P. Sapir. And it's like, you can just chat to them like they're just normal people because they are normal people, you know, they're not, you know, they're not, and you can just have fun and just that thrill of knocking one of them out. It's just, it's just an awesome experience. Like that's why I kind of do it. And we raise a load of money for charity. We pick a charity that's very close to um, our writers' hearts. I, I reach out to them and say, um, 
you know what 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 charities do we want to support and every year it's it's something that's really close to one of our rights so we never disclose who it is but um this year uh, one of our writers had a a child fairly recently uh who was born with a congenital uh, hernia um situation i'm not i favor the science but anyway there's an, an amazing charity called cdh uk who uh, offer a lot of support to the families uh with with this sort of condition that happened that, that happened to him and he received a lot of support from this charity and you know he said to me i'd really love to do something in, in, and give something back and i said absolutely let's let's do that um and that's nothing against big charities and if people have their own charity you know i'm never going to say no to to supporting your own charity but um we pick our charities because they're very near and dear to the people who write for us and um and near and dear to our hearts so that's why we pick uh these charities and um we know firsthand the great work that they do so um amazing we've raised uh, about 1500 bucks already this year and looking forward to raising about seven or eight thousand dollars mm-hmm, hopefully mm-hmm. this year through this and other tournaments that we'll run oh it's great can't, can't beat fantasy football and charity at the same time absolutely and it's, it's people like scott fish you know scott fish is the inspiration to all of this you know and there's so many great charities out there um and, and great charity leagues i think of you know we talk about the uh uk fantasy football league uh talks about the you know the Warrior Bowl is is one of the best out there, and I know Greg and Farley really well, and they do an amazing job. And that's one of the best tournaments as well. That grows. I think they're going to have like four hundred and eighty people this year. I don't know how they do that. Fair play to them, and um, yeah, lots of really good US based um, charity tournaments as well. So you know, just the work that we do, people don't realize that these people who write for fantasy football websites help contribute hundreds of thousands of dollars. It's incredibly generous. Toys for Tots generates what seventy, eighty thousand dollars a year. You know, you tap in some of these tournaments that raise five grand, ten grand here and there. It's just incredible. Like it blows your mind. And this is the sort of thing that makes me so happy and proud to be part of this community and what it does. Yeah, it's great. And I'll make sure to put a, a link in the show for uh, where they can sign up for the FFCC. So people yeah, we're doing 10 to get in. That's right. 10, there's 10 spots being given away every week now until the end of June. So if you haven't signed up yet, there's still plenty of chance. Um, if for some reason I do have a contingency that if I get massively overrun on subscribers this year, um, and I'm very close to this last year, didn't quite happen. But if I somehow get a ridiculous amount of signups, I do have a contingency plan in place to expand the tournament um, and do something a little crazy. So, um, awesome. definitely if, if the word gets out and we end up getting, you know, over 500 people that want to play, I'll, I'll, I'll accommodate that. We'll make it work. Sounds good. So that was the last of my, uh, we'll call them the hard hitting questions. Um, I have some rapid fire questions if you're game. Absolutely. I'll try to be more rapid. <laughs> <laughs> no worries. So this is my first themed rapid fire. We're, we're going to do it a British theme uh, in honor of you. Uh, I had to have some fun with it. So. Like I said, add as much context as you want, or it can be a one-word answer too. Whatever you feel like is needed uh, to answer the question. So, what would be your dream NFL matchup for a game played in England, and what venue would it be at? Oh, right, okay. So, bit of context to this answer. I so the Tampa. I'm a Tampa Bay Buccaneers fan. We're playing in Munich. I bought my flights and a hotel to go. I haven't got game tickets yet, but I'll work that one out at some point when they go on sale. Um, I bought tickets to go to Munich 
on the hope of it was going to be, the, I mean, I was going regardless. It was the Buccaneers and it's the first game in Germany. You weren't stopping me from going. Um, but the rumor was it was going to be Bucks Chiefs. And that is the game I would want to have this current Bucks versus this current Chiefs team. The backup option would be Bucks Bills. I think they, for me, would be the the two matchups because I absolutely love Josh Allen and I love the Buffalo Bills and I absolutely love Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs. I just think offense and offense, I just think it would be an amazing game to watch either of those. I mean, I'm lucky enough to we've seen, we saw two Bucks Chiefs games in 2020. We saw Bucks Bills in 2021. They would be the games for me that I would uh, absolutely cherish and love. Venue-wise, it, I mean, it would have to be, <laughs> this pains me as an Arsenal sports to say this, it has to be White Hart Lane. It's a purpose-built uh, NFL stadium slash soccer stadium. It's both. And what they have there from an atmosphere and an NFL stadium, I mean, it is as good as any NFL stadium I've ever been to. I've been to more than a few. It's it's incredible. It's just an incredible stadium. And, um, yeah, I'm we're very blessed and very lucky that we have it here in the UK. So that would be where I would have it. Although I know there's going to be Northerners here who will be lamenting me and saying that we should try and do it. I'd like to see a game in Scotland. I think that'd be great. I'd love to see a game uh, in the North of England as well. But I think because the NFL stadium is in London and White Hart Lane's terrific, that's where I'd have it. Great choices. That'd be a lot of fun. Yeah. So which of these desserts would you like to eat most? We have eaten mess, full, Spotted Dick or Knickerbocker Glory? <laughs> it's a great question. Right, the thing is, right, because of the British Great British Bake Off, Americans always ask me, like, do you have these things all the time? Absolutely not. Like the last time I had a Knickerbocker Glory, would think I must have been about seven. Um, Eaton Mess, I think I had one at a wedding, probably about seven, eight years ago. Um, Fool, probably haven't had that since school, and Spotted Dick, probably the same. I don't think any adult eats, and if I'm if I'm wrong, please correct me. I can't think of an adult other than like really old grandparents eat spotted dick. If I had to pick one to eat for the rest of my life, it would be, it would be Knickerbocker Glory. But you know, give me, give me like more traditional desserts. Like I, my, I'll eat any dessert, like cheesecake, cookies and cream, ice cream. Oh, anything like that. Like I'll go for anything. But yeah, Knickerbocker Glory because I think it's got the right sort of ratio of like ice cream and strawberry sauce and all that sort of stuff. Perfect. So you already mentioned it, but who is your favorite football club? So NFL Tampa Bay Buccaneers as a Premier League sport. I'm an Arsenal fan. Um, I, I grew up around, around there. I'm a North London boy traditionally. And, and that's kind of where I grew up. So um, that's the team I affiliate with. It's been, it's been a roller coaster a few years, but it's been a really great season this season. And, I look forward to a strong finish. We've got uh, our archival Spurs on uh, on Thursday. So it's a massive, a massive game for us. Awesome. And if you could spend a day and hang out with any athlete, dead or alive, who would it be? Oh, dude, this I can't answer this question, man. I one, the, I mean, look, the stock answer, right? I, I, I'm not picking one. It's not happening. I'll give you one per a couple of sports. So. I'll start with the NFL and it would be Tom Brady. Cause I just think Tom Brady is the most fascinating, like sixth round pick one ninety nine. that desire intensity. That's like what he's lived through in the NFL, what he's achieved, but just being with Belichick that long, the change going to Florida, 
breaking into someone else's house. Uh, I'd have to find out like what makes the man tick. And also, he's quite funny. Like this whole Florida Tampa, uh, Florida Tom Brady guy is like funny as anything. Like uh, he, he seems like someone you can have a few beers with and enjoy. So yeah, it, it'd have to be Tom Brady. If I had to pick um, Premier League footballers, it'd probably be Dennis Burkamp. Again, just uh, people who are just the best of their profession. And Dennis Burkamp for me was the first player that really blew my mind. But it wasn't just like with the ability on the pitch; it was the way that he conducted himself and the way he came across in interviews. And I, I just would find him an incredibly fascinating person. Basketball. Everyone would probably say Michael Jordan. I'd be more inclined to really understand like LeBron James. I want to know about the decision and literally all the changing teams, like what makes him tick and go see that. I just think it would be a phenomenal story. Although there is a part of me that'd like to go out on the beers with Shaq. That would be quite tempting because I just think having, having a day with Shaq on the beers would be a cracking afternoon. Um, cricket would be Shane Warm. I recently passed away, but man, again, just a beer, just a beer with Shane Warm would be incredible. Um, baseball's a tough one. Uh, don't really have like, I, I guess if I had to pick like a baseball player, it'd probably be someone like Sammy Sosa, although I don't really agree with obviously the cheesing and the steroids, but you know, he seemed like someone who was, who was quite a, quite a cool guy or Bryce Harper would be another one. I'd be quite intrigued to see, um, what he's like away from the sport. So there'd, there'd be a fraction of, of the sports stars. Oh, and also I'd really like a day with Usain Bolt. I'd be another one. I think Usain Bolt again would be a cracking day out. I think you'd have a lot of fun with him. They'd be some of the, some of the people I'd pick. That's a great list. And here's my, uh, my last one for you. Which is the best show? We have The Last Kingdom, Peaky Blinders, Doctor Who, Sherlock, Ted Lasso, or The Office, the uh, BBC version. And okay, so I've not seen The Last Kingdom, so I can't comment. Um, Peaky Blinders was phenomenal for the first four seasons, and then it kind of fell off a cliff, and it kind of redeems towards the end. That would get marked down because of that. Uh, Doctor Who, controversial take. The originals from the 70s and 80s, way better than the current ones. The current ones are boring. I, I don't get into them. They don't entertain me. Um, they're a triumph of, of style over substance, but I think they've lost a lot of what the show was about. So that would get nowhere near it for me. Sherlock. Sherlock's really good. But the problem with Sherlock is you get three episodes and then you've got to wait like four years for the next one. Like you forget what happens and you don't kind of need to know, but they're all just kind of one-offs. There's not this, you don't get the character progression and the the linear story that you kind of get with a great box set. So I've ruled out those and it leads me to Ted Lasso in the office, which I never thought that controversial take the American office is better than the British office. I think the British office at the time when I watched it was one of the funniest shows I've ever watched. And I have probably laughed at it with it through it hundreds of times. The problem is, is that the British office in about 10 years time will never be aired on television again, because some of the jokes are now they're borderline from a, a cultural standpoint. And unfortunately some of those jokes don't age well. And it's a shame. It's an absolute shame because 
it's an amazing piece of writing. Ricky Gervais is an absolute genius. And you're not to know. You're not to know how tastes and things change 20, 30 years in advance. But it is a show that unfortunately is going to be very dated and it's not going to be we're going to cringe at some of the jokes. Some of the jokes now I'm kind of like, Oh God, that's really close to the line. And I know in 10 years time, I'm going to look back at that joke and think, yeah, you can't say that now. And it's a shame because I've worked, I've worked in an office and it resonates with me. Whereas the U S version is timeless. You could play that 20, 30 years from now and it will still be aired on television and it will still be funny. And I think that's why I give it to the American office over the UK one. Ted Lasso's funny. Ted Lasso's really funny, but there's just some random episodes that really annoy me. Uh, the Christmas special was poor. Terrible, 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 terrible show. Um, and it gets a bit slow in season two. Season one was so great. It was, it was funny. And then, like, it all kind of goes kind of a bit meh. So the bottom line is that of all these shows, I could, I'd probably have to pick probably Peaky Blinders actually just out of the fact that the first four seasons was so good. It'd be that or The Office uh, for me. But the real best show that the Brits have ever produced that is timeless, is a classic, is Only Fools and Horses, which is a 1980s, 1990s television sitcom about two brothers who basically are, you know, they're, they're... they're called independent traders. They run a market store. They buy cheap knockoff goods. They they sell it on. And the whole point and the premise is they're very poor, live in a council flat, and they always try and earn money for that next big score um, and that next big – because their, their line every year is, by this time next year, we'll be millionaires. And that's the whole point is that it never turns up for them until it does. And, a, and there's an episode like 15 years in where they finally become millionaires and you think this is amazing. And then they, they do a couple of spin-offs afterwards and they lose all their money and then they go back to the same flat. they were. It's just comedy genius. So I, yeah, for me, that's that will, as a British television show will never get beaten. Um, but there is some really great television being produced right now. Fair enough. I appreciate your time. Can you tell everyone where they can find all of your work? Yeah, sure. I mean, if you want to listen to a, a rambling on person like myself, you can find uh, a podcast at Five Yard Rush on all good podcast apps. Um, so it's not just my podcast. My podcast is on there. I host the flagship on a Monday with my great colleague, uh, Dan Hughes. Um, but we have the Dynasty show on there, which is hosted by uh, Dynasty Island, Rich and Liam. Uh, phenomenal uh, show that they do for all your Dynasty content. We also have our IDP show by Nate and Bren. Um, we're going to be doing a few more shows in the season as well. Our DFS show with uh, Nick and Mark. And um, hopefully I think there's there's uh, Five Yard Devi by our guy, Jord. Uh, I don't know if, if Jord's going to be doing the pod. Maybe, maybe not, but he's putting some great content out there. Our website is fiveyardrush.co.uk. Amazing content out there. We just got a node of new writers. Um, so go and check them out and everything that they do because they're phenomenal people and just some of the best people I've ever met in my life. And they're, and some of them I've never met and they're, they're great people. And so definitely find their articles, read them uh, much better than the work I, I produce. You can find my work at, uh, at fantasy pros. So I write exclusively there for now. Uh, although I do have our 2022 fantasy football playbook that will be out on Amazon in June. 
Um, I appreciate our previous copies are on there. So do take advantage of those. Find me on Twitter at Murph underscore NFL. Um, pretty good at answering DMs. Uh, so feel free to drop a DM and happy to talk TV or sport or whatever. Um, I like anything random. I like to cook. I like to uh, take long walks on the beach. And uh, yeah, I've, I just like to live life. So, and I love meeting people. So get involved. And yeah, I think that's pretty much it. You you can find me on the internet. I'm around. Uh, we have a YouTube channel. We have all these other things. Um, but more importantly, follow the people that, that write for us and uh, and contribute to the great work we do because they're really the, the better people. I'm just kind of the mouthpiece. <laughs> I guess <laughs> the well, advantage of being it. here so long. Yeah. No, thank you. It was great. It was great to get to know you a little bit more, uh, hear a little more about your story. And this is Triple Bay Fantasy. Make sure you guys are liking, subscribing on YouTube, download our, our podcast. Don't want to miss any of the great content coming out. It's not just football. We have baseball and basketball as well. Uh, it's been a lot of fun, Murph. Thanks again, guys.